The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is now, as we have matriculated uh, towards the evening, it's getting close to Monday, January 18th. That's the show. This is the recap Sunday Divisional Round. Uh, you can go check out in your feed the Saturday Divisional Round recap. And, of course, there are only three more football games left. It feels different than normal because... Usually about this time, I'm getting anxiety about getting ready for the Super Bowl, scheduling the trip, packing, you know, think about what you're going to do, where you're going, you're booking travel. And now I'm just anxious about life because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But we're here to recap these two games, the Chiefs advance over the Browns despite a Patrick Mahomes injury and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady potentially end Drew Brees' season and career at the same time with a victory in New Orleans. Incredible stuff. I don't know if the weekend was awesome, but we'll recap it anyway. John Breach, Ryan Wilson joining me. Bre- Wilson, you gave me a little eye roll when I said I don't know if the weekend was awesome. I don't, I, eh, there's one upset and one really good game. I don't think the games were great. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I was eye rolling retroactively after you mentioned you having anxiety about packing because as Breach and I can attest, number one, you show up to the airport four minutes for your flight. Number two, you almost murdered Breach driving him to the airport when you drove, drove on the side of the road, breaking every law known to man, I don't know what you're anxious about. Granted, it wasn't Florida. I don't know what their vehicular laws are. So that would be the one state where everything he did might have been legal. Uh, I didn't feel like it was, though. And I had to cover my face like this. No one could see me. So. But in Brinson's defense, I did get to the airport. And I did not miss my flight. First of all, I there are no laws in Florida. It's true. My father has told me for years, Florida drivers, no survivors. You hold your own in Florida. You do what you got to do. Second of all, yes, guilty as charged about getting to the airport late. That is a flaw of mine in my I'm, brain. I'm I think on it. What's that? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get better. Probably not going to do a good job of getting better, but I'm trying. Same thing. I'm like, oh, the podcast is in five minutes. I'll just walk upstairs in three. <laughs> just, just walk upstairs down, dummy. Um, anyway, I, I like to get to the airport late, get a little rush, get through security like that. I'm an idiot like that. And um finally, I was stunned that Breach was, like, worried and concerned about my decision to go off-road in the rental car. Why were you stunned? I, I just thought – I didn't think Breach was that soft. That's pretty standard 
Guys, are doing? Oh God! Oh God! What are you doing? What? We're in uh, Kia Soul. You know the one the hamsters drive in the commercial. It's funny because we've been talking about hamsters in the the, the free podcast podcast. And you decided, hey, look, I know a secret route to the airport. And the secret route was driving on a road that's not a road. I got on the, the now. Granted, in Florida on I ninety five in Fort Lauderdale, driving on the side the the curb there is dangerous. Who knows what you could run over? But it's a rental car, so you know, not my problem. Uh, I got off the edge and we rolled down to the exit ramp, and then I cut across and went downtown so we could so we could get to the airport faster. We got there on time. I am not afraid to go off road in, a, in an automobile. So, Great. This is also the same guy who yells at TSA agents for doing their job. So you have to understand where that, 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 that was not doing her job. She was harassing me. <laughs> me. Look at me. I am clearly a model citizen. As for the games, I will say this, that Browns Chiefs game was awesome. That was incredible. That Bonkers. was incredible theater. That was, that's, but that, that was the only, well, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks Saints game was really good too. It was close. It didn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't, no, that's right. I agree with that. It was weird. It, like, it was exciting. And it was, uh, the, the Chiefs game was great because of how it unfolded the end. The Saints game was depressing because Drew Brees played like John Breach, if you ask him to play quarterback on, on a moment's notice to win an NFC championship game. Jameis Winston was what I would look like if you asked me to play quarterback on a moment's notice. He looked in the like NFC he was championship in game. shape. He looked like a, he looked great. Maybe the Saints win with Jameis at quarterback. I don't know. Maybe we can argue about that in the podcast. You want to start with the Saints and Chiefs? Clinton is going to retire from driving, kind of like Breeze is probably going to retire. All right. So let me ask you this. Did we see Drew Breeze's – was Drew Breeze's last throw of his career an interception that hit Jared Cook in the face, popped up in the air, was grabbed by a Buccaneers player, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. And it may not – you know, sort of like the Steelers-Ben Roethlisberger conversation – I don't know if they're going to want him back. Like Jason Lockenford reported after the game that the Bucks very much want to, excuse me, the Saints very much want to re-sign Jameis. They like the idea of having a pocket passer to go along with Taysom Hill and his sort of craziness. I think Taysom's probably the number one. That would be the indication based on who played this year when Drew Brees was hurt. Drew Brees, now more than ever, cannot throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Every throw was a Jeff Blake out of the television screen throw, whether it was a five-yard screen or him, you know, Doing a crow hop to throw the ball 20 yards down the field. It was hard to watch. He's toast. He's, it, it's, and he was inaccurate. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like you want him, you know, I think the, you know, you have these guys like John Elway who go out on top with a Super Bowl win and walk away. Peyton Manning does it. Yeah. yeah. Manning was slipping though. Right. But I mean, like in 10 years, no one's gonna be like, Oh, Peyton Manning, remember how bad he, like people just kind of, we've already started to kind of gloss over how bad he was. But the thing is, you mentioned John Elway. I'll just say this quick. John Elway, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, they never lost their arm strength. That was sort of the the difference. I I mean, those Broncos teams were running teams. I mean, I'm not saying Elway wasn't a huge part, but they were running teams. But also, let me just say real quick that no one is going to remember that his last game was a playoff loss or that his last throw, uh, was an interception because didn't was Dan Marino was Dan Marino his last they lose a big what was his last playoff game I don't remember there you go point point taken yeah I mean we forget this stuff pretty fast well I think yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly that, that, you know we won't forget it Drew Brees but I think Marino's last game was a thirty eight to three loss I was trying to I guess I guess my question isn't should Drew Brees retire it's like do you think Drew Brees will be willing to walk away 
from a loaded Saints team under which he is under contract for 2021 for a lot of money. Well, we say it every week. Jay Glazer isn't wrong. Jay Glazer reported before the game. But Wait, check that. Marino's last playoff game was a 62 to seven loss. That's what I was thinking of. He lost 62 to seven, you know, and it's like all we talk about now is how great his career was. So to three years. Jaguars. Exactly. So three years from now, no one's going to care that Drew Brees lost his game, especially he lost to Tom Brady. Dan Marino lost to Jay Fiedler and God, he lost 62 to seven. Marino there. Old. Nine, it was two, 99 season. So he would have been, I mean, was a 37 or something like that. Probably about right. Um, uh, 38, 38, just turned 38. So Drew Brees will care about that game. That's who will care. So yeah, he, that's true. We'll, we'll see. After the game, of course, he didn't answer the question. That was the first question I asked him in the press conference. No surprise there. But if you're Sean Payton, I think you're, you're washing your hands of him. You know, internally, you're saying to yourself, All right, let, let me rephrase it. If Drew Brees said, decides he wants to come back, do the Saints have him? I'm saying no. I say, thank you for your service. We'd like you to retire. Basically what the Steelers did to Troy Palomala. And I wish they would sort of do it with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the only reason I think you bring it back is, you know, because of the contract. Like you're, you're, you're dead money anyway. Well, here, this game is an example of why you don't bring him back. Not only throw three interceptions, two of them, we won't count the last one because Jared Cook's fault, but the other two, the Buccaneers scored touchdowns right after that. That's two of the, two of Tampa's touchdowns. New Orleans defense actually played pretty well, but Breeze kept putting him in these impossible positions with these interceptions. They got two touchdowns off those Drew Brees interceptions, and you take those away, maybe New Orleans wins this game. If you get competent quarterback play, New Orleans maybe wins this game. I will say this in Drew Brees' defense. Jared Cook absolutely screwed him with that stupid fumble midway through the third quarter. They were winning, they were driving, and that flipped everything, and then the interceptions, at least two came afterwards. And, oh, by the way, another reason they lost, to sort of add to what Breach is saying, Taysom Hill didn't play. Taysom Hill gets 10 snaps a game. Number two comes in, spelt number two. Jameis Winston comes in and makes that one play. But Taysom Hill is usually in for 10 to 15 plays doing all sorts of silliness that they weren't able to do without him. Well, and the other thing, too, is like you look, I don't think that I sort of wonder, you know, if we go back to like the Bree stuff, is Sean Payton maybe limited? And it's weird. Yes. That's why Taysom Hill comes in to throw the ball down the field. That's why Jameis Winston is throwing deep balls and trick plays. Think about it this way. So let that, you know, we, we all know by now that was the Mr. Bisky play that Javon Williams dropped last week. Uh, but if Drew Brees is lined up outside, how far is that ball going if he runs that trick play? Uh, it's incomplete because it's underthrown by eight yards. Yeah. I mean, we're not here to double that already. But like they didn't, you know, Kamara was targeted six times in the passing game, three catches, 20 yards. He ran the ball 18 times. I didn't think the Saints had a very good offensive game plan. I think the lack of Taysom Hill and the lack of Latavius Murray sort of compressed what they wanted to do on offense. And, you know, in fairness to the Saints, you know, they were, they were leading 20 to 13 in the third quarter. And it felt if Jared Goff doesn't, Jared, Jared Goff, that's awesome. If Jared Cook doesn't fumble that ball, they're going to score three or maybe even seven and they're going to win the game. And no one's talking about Drew Brees, just like we've done for most of the last the, the Cook fumble led directly to the Fournette touchdown catch, right? That's right. Uh yeah, the catch. That's right. Yeah. So the the Bucks scored the final three scores of the game, and the Saints couldn't muster enough at the end. It's crazy. Like, when have you ever seen the Saints in the last 20 years just unable to get going? Like, even this year, you would see Brees in these primetime games where he would be like, All right, just start dink like dinking and dunking it and let's just get moving and no huddle. And they couldn't do anything. Part of me feels like the second interception, I think, was the one to Alvin Kamar, where Alvin Kamar didn't stop. 
But yeah. that's probably Alvin's fault. But I think that Drew Brees is now so reliant on throwing the ball before his receivers are out of the breaks just because his arm strength is such such what it is that he's not able to to throw balls with any velocity that, you know, five years ago he could wait a half a second. Now he's just having to – he's basically Chad Pennington out there. Everything's a timing throw, even like a, a – dare you, sir. Well, Chad Pennington, what, what's a stat that he could tell me? Never lost a playoff game, I think? Well, and so I think – well, our, is our end point here that maybe – and Brenton made it with the Ravens and Bills that the Ravens were the better team. I don't think either of these teams played particularly well on offense and that the Buccaneers just took the gifts that the Saints kept giving them, capitalized on them, and won the game. But it's not like they were the better team. I agree. I, I think it was it was close. But I, I yeah, felt like the it, was, it was tied 20 all. 2013 when they were driving and Jared Cook fumbled the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was tied 20 all in the third, in the, in the third quarter. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a dogfight game. I also sort of look at the first two possessions because the, um, we had the, the Buccaneers totaled one yard in their first two possessions and they gave, they went three and out. One yard total, three yard, three plays, seven yards, three plays, negative six yards, punted on both of them, obviously. And in both of those spots, the Saints got the, the ball, um, once at Tampa Bay's 21 and then once at their own 30 and they came away with field goals on both of them. Like if they score touchdowns there, they win this game, right? Maybe not. What do you think, Breach? If they come away with touchdowns, if they're up fourteen nothing after two drives, aren't they? Oh yeah, game over. It's game over, especially because at that point, you just said the Buccaneers went three and out in the first. So the Buccaneers had zero offense, and if the Saints are up fourteen nothing, they're not coming because that's what happened the first two times they played. The Saints jumped out to to two quick leads. Uh, I, I think the the first game they were up twenty four seven at one point, and then they were up 31 nothing at halftime of that Week 9 game. They jumped up 14 nothing. You're the Buccaneers, and you're thinking, oh, my God, here we go. We, like, they just have our number. And that's that's one of those games where you could totally have deflated them. Uh, but, nope, they came away with field goals. How yeah, we- so, well, so they go up 6 nothing. But, wait, they lose Deontay Harris, which is also, like, Drew Brees' little outlet. And besides he, the fact that he had two huge punt returns. He was crushed yeah. on special teams, yep. They had a punt return that was called back, a punt return for a touchdown that would have put him up. 10 nothing is called back. That, that's on that, this callback for holding. Then they go down and get a second field goal. So it's six nothing. The Buccaneers go down and get a field goal of their own. They make it, uh, six to three. At that point, the Saints quickly throw a terrible interception that is returned almost to the house. Although I guess, was it Breeze's fault? Oh no, it was the, there was the Michael Thomas one where Thomas didn't, Thomas was sort of going out and Breeze didn't put enough on it. It was a terrible and, throw. It's, it's a bad throw. throw. It's a bad throw. It's like Drew Brees from the last thrown and behind him. Other than that, it was perfect. Right. And the Bucks go down to the Saints three yard line. They punch in for a touchdown and suddenly it's 10 to six. And this game that the Saints have dominated out of the gates and should be up, you know, 14 three worst case with the ball is suddenly they're down 10 to six and it just took on a whole different sort of vibe. I mean, the, the initial feelings out portion of the program just felt like the, the Saints were going to dominate and man they did not. I, I didn't think that Tampa looked particularly good though. I mean they had 362 yards. Six uh, is great. Marshawn Lattimore made a lot of great plays down the field. Um he got he got body bagged by by Kevin's on that first touchdown there. That's fine. I mean it happens. But yeah. Anzalone Anzalone did not have a good game. <laughs> Ryan Jensen was a grown man out there all day long. 
and what's his name? Devin, uh, Devin White. Devin White's awesome. His, his interception return with a stiff arm was one of the highlights of the weekend for me. That was fun to watch. No, Devin White, the last person to talk to me before I fell face first on a scooter in Nashville. That's a fun fact. Fun fact. For him, it is not for Brinson. Also fun fact, Devin White loves horses. That's also kind of a fun he's, fact. He's, he's, think he, about it. He's in his second year now. He, like this Bucks defense, I, I don't, I, I don't know if the Bucks are going to go win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's a tough task to beat, uh, both Aaron Rodgers and or Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, but this Bucks defense, like you have to feel really good about the Bucks next year too. Cause Tom Brady doesn't look old. You know, plays well. You know, they haven't been great against elite defenses, but he's throwing the ball well. They have tons of weapons and Antoine Winfield and Devin White. Yeah. Antoine played a good game too. Are studs. Like those guys are going to be pro bowlers slash all pros with. And by the way, um, people were angry on Twitter that Antoine Winfield didn't catch that interception. It was such a poorly thrown ball from Drew Brees. It was almost behind Antoine Min- Winfield in the middle of the field. Like he had no idea it was coming his way. And then he got the punch out on, on Jared Cook to sort of make up for it, quote unquote. But yeah, big game for him. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I look at the Buccaneers and think, man, this team is going to beat the Packers. Minus four, I think is what it opened at, right? That is correct. I love me some Packers. It's not, it's hard not to like the Packers. I think they'll be the public side. Oh, really? Cause it's three uh, and a half now, William Hill. Eric well, is- I'll say real quick. I was the one guy who said last week, who would we think the Packers would rather play? And I said they'd rather play the Saints because the Buccaneers beat them so bad, but. No, nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think I'm on the Packers here. Like we said, Aaron Rodgers gave it halftime. He legit set him out. Like Rogers isn't going to have a multi-interception game again. Mid twenties possibility of snow. So you know, did Rogers have like three or four pick sixes in his career, and he had one against the the Buccaneers in that game? Got to do it. So I'm not going. I'm not throwing any more interceptions. He threw five interceptions in the regular season. Two of them were in that game. Forty percent of his interceptions were in that game, and and they kind of went through receivers' hands. Like they weren't. They were. It was just all crazy. That's not going to happen again. Hey, um, the Bucks could certainly win, but I, I like the right now as we sit here. I'm, I'm on the Packers train. Yeah, the three and a half. It's begging you to take the. It's was four now three and a half, begging you to take the, the Buccaneers. I don't love betting against Tom Brady and that defense, though. I mean, the one thing about them, I'm not sold on the defense. Why are you suddenly sold on the defense? Because they picked on an old man who can't throw the ball overhand. <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at Green Bay, they want to run the ball. Tampa's very good against the run. Although they allowed uh, 80 yards in, uh, in in this matchup, and you know you can shift some safety coverage over to Devontae Adams, try and limit what he How'd can that do. How that work yesterday? Well, not well. The Bucks offense obviously is a lot better than the Rams offense, though. The Bucks defense ain't. No, the Rams have the best defense in football. Or do you think it's going to Packers walk the dog situation? If they went by ten, I wouldn't be surprised. That's not walking the dog. Walking the dog is seventeen plus. So then Wilson is like crawling with the dog. Yeah. I'm like open the back door and let the dog run around. Moonwalking with the dog. I will say that I think the Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones factor is kind of big. And there's some chatter in the What's going on with this Leonard Fournette love? Everyone suddenly thinks Leonard Fournette's good. Ronald Jones, I thought, played pretty well. I thought Fournette Um, Fournette had a bad drop, but I thought he played pretty well. And uh, like, 
So you can watch us live on Twitch for these recaps. We'll have, oh my God, we're going to have a Super Bowl recap show. Are they going to make us do like a live show after the Super Bowl on Twitch immediately? We're going to sweat the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Aren't? Are you announcing that right now? I'm guaranteed. I didn't even thought about that. I guarantee we're going to have to do that. I thought it was going to be like legs up, enjoying the Super Bowl, relaxing at my house. I'm going to be on this. TBD, Bebo says. TBD. Uh, it's probably going to happen. Or like NBD. Am I and, right? Um, at any rate, you can run on the Packers. We saw Cam Akers do that. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks will give him a game. If everybody's on the Packers, I'll probably take the Bucks. I would love a good game. I don't want it to be a blowout. I I like to, if it's like Browns Chiefs, I'll be excited. Yeah. Um, and Brady knows how to play, you know, if it's frosty. But do his teammates? That's the question. Gronk does. Gronk and AB do, but AB didn't even play much on, on Sunday night. Mike Evans went to A&M, so no. Chris Godwin. He went to some crap school up in the northwest. I don't Tyler, know. Northeast. Tyler Johnson went to Minnesota. Yeah. So maybe they're fine. I think the Bucks are dangerous. I think they're live here. I, 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 I wouldn't want to bet them. I think the Packers are probably the better team. And the Packers are sort of rolling right now. All right. Make up your mind. Well, it's got a week to do you it. You just talked yourself out of the Packers, into the Buccaneers, <laughs> back to the Packers, and then flipped again. And I'm not even sure where you are right now. For all I know, you might be on the Rams who aren't even in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Which one? Who are you taking? Who's your early lean? That's probably I should have gone downstairs and eaten that cookie. Um the uh Colts. The Colts still have a chance. Honestly, the the issue is that Wilson's like, the Packers are gonna walk the dog on them. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by ten. It's like ten what? Like what? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by four points. <laughs> uh, and real quick someone asked in the chat who has the advantage at kicking with Mason Crosby and Ryan Suckup? It is Mason Crosby. That is one advantage. If you kick in cold weather regularly, that is an absolute advantage, especially when it's going to be 24 degrees out. Mason Crosby has not missed a kick all year. Hey, by uh, the way, we didn't talk about this last night, Breach, but if you're a special teams coach and or holder and or kicker, if you botch the snap, do not throw the ball to the kicker. Just never. throw the ball on the ground. Take it, take or it. throw it up towards the end zone, especially on an extra point where the most you lose is – Two points, but you're probably not going to because no kick return team is going to return a two point. Mason Crosby got hurt on that, number one. And number two, that's, that's along the lines of a batted ball and the quarterback catches the well, ball. And that was the other thing I was going to say is as long as Mason Crosby is 100% healthy, because you need a, your shoulder kind of, it cuts with you when you plant and kick. You don't want that hurting. So it's Crosby over suck up. Who do we think is the quarterback for the Saints in 2021? Taysom Hill and Jameis. Jameis. That seems too easy. Hey, Watson. Just Jameis. Deshaun Watson, no, because he's going to the Steelers. He's going to the 49ers. You want to hear a Jets trade that uh we discussed today up here in Stanford for Deshaun Watson? Involve Sam Darnold and first round picks? Here's the trade. And I won't tell you who said it or where I came down on it. If I if I go to move the sticks Twitter profile page, Daniel Jeremiah, and I see the same trade, I'm gonna be very mad. Okay. Go ahead. Do not go to move the sticks. Uh, here's, here's, <laughs> no, it. here's the trade. Jets, number two overall pick this year. Second round pick this year. First and second next year. Makai Becton. That's too much. For, I would, I would, if I'm the Jets, I'm driving those guys over to, for, that's too much. What do you think, Breach? Too much? If I'm the Jets, I stick with Darnold for a year, draft an offensive lineman. Uh, what's his name? Panay. Yeah. Take Panay, cool. Panay, take Panay Sewell two overall. Now you have two 
offensive lineman to build around with him and Makai Beck, and you give Sam Darnold a year. If he plays great, great. If not, you find a quarterback next year. So, I, no, I, I do not do that. John Watson, so you're you're so. basically giving up. Um, and they have a ton of cap space, by the way. But you're giving up – did you say Sam Darnold too? Uh, you can throw him in there. I don't want him if you get into Sean Watson. Right, but like – I. But just so I'm clear, I didn't come up with the trade. Uh, Eric Casillas came up with the trade details, and I decided whether wait, to make it. Wait, first and second the next two years? Yep. And Sam Darnold and Makai Becton? That's too much. That's for too Sean much. Watson. And what? Okay. Yeah, that's right, for Deshaun Watson. That's too much. Okay. I, I think if I'm the Jets, I do it. Because you have all that cap space – if I'm the Texans and you offer me that, I'm all over it. See, I don't know if I'm the Texans if I would take that. I would take the upside on Darnold, the risk of that, There's along with all of those picks. So suddenly if you're the Texans, well, you don't have a first-round pick now. I don't have any cap. You have the, no, you have the number two overall pick that you traded away. Oh, so you don't have any – like it's not like you have two and three all of a sudden. Like right, you right. if you – so – but you have the, – you know, the issue is you'd have to move – I don't know why this is a Texans podcast suddenly, but you'd have Diva break, break. Um, you'd have to, uh, uh, that's too much. Makai Becton's a stud. He's a yeah, stud. that's, I mean, it's got to cost you something to get him. That's sort of part of the deal. I would do Makai Becton a first and a second for Sean. They ain't doing that. He's some, they hang up the phone on Mekhi you. Becton, if He's you throw, right. is Makai Becton definitely going below right now? Is what you know right now? Is he going below Panay Sewell? Panay, why did I pronounce it that way? That's right, Panay. Uh, that's close. They're close. He has I more. Becton goes top five if he's retired. He's played more college football, but he only played one, one year. Makai Becton's like a top five pick from this last class. Who? Makai? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Pretty bad. Oh, it's got to cost you something. That's the point. Mm. I'm, I'm fine if you don't like it, but well, I, I think the point here is Deshaun Watson's not going to be playing for the Saints next year. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, where we started, and that's where I'm going to get us back I, to. I wouldn't rule it out, but yeah, I think it probably makes sense that Herbert and Taysom Hill are, are the guys there in, in, in New Orleans when it comes to uh, 2021. We saw Drew Brees allegedly say, this is your team now. Wait, what'd you say, Herbert? I say Herbert? Yeah, who'd you mean, Jameis? I say Justin Herbert. What is wrong with me? I'm all over the place today. James Herbert. I'm going to cut off for the next six podcasts. I tell you, I shouldn't eat that little edible thing. Um, apparently, it wasn't dessert. CBS sent it to me. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the AFC divisional round game. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so the AFC Division Round game. The best game of the weekend. The Chiefs and the Browns. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes both missed large chunks of the second half due to concussions. I saw Connor or, uh, except the Ravens off Chad Henney. They do not. Um, Connor or wrote about this. I, I haven't read the article for sports illustrated, but I like the premise that he tweeted about, which is these two guys who are as big as you can get in terms of star power at the quarterback position, young star power, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, two of the last, the last two MVPs prior to whoever we assume Aaron Rodgers will be this year missed the like huge chunks, the entire fourth quarter, both of them of the, the divisional games. And nobody really panicked. I mean, not panicked, but it was like, nope, that makes sense. Like that's a pretty big progression that we've made as a football watching society that we're not like, well, you we gotta put them out there. You're being soft. This is ridiculous. Like they got concussions, can't play. I, I think that's kind of a big deal. Oh, it's the rules now too. So that's, that's the other thing. Well, I know also, we, like, we talked about beforehand. I still don't think Mahomes necessarily got a concussion. I think that the Browns defender accidentally put him in the million dollar dream because he didn't bang his head. And then Jay Glazer after, uh, the Saints Buccaneers game reported that Mahomes had symptoms that was more in, in line with getting choked out versus a concussion, which is good news for Kansas City. Uh, but it's, it was still crazy just to see that the whole, the whole thing. He couldn't get up. He was holding on to people. He's wobbling. It was like Brenton at the Super Bowl when he's had too much to drink. It was absolutely bonkers. But here's the thing. So right. I didn't think it was weird for me to figure out the concussion angle because he got hit on the shoulder. He went down. His head looked like it never actually hit the ground and then he got rolled over. But can you get choked out in like a half a second? Cause that it was, it was pretty quick. Uh, next time we hang out. Yes. I, I, <laughs> Um, I kept waiting as he was falling down to see his, I was like, all right, there's gonna be a helmet to helmet. Nope. And then it was like, okay, there's going to be that, you know, you, you know, that moment where like the head, cause that's what happened to Lamar, his head right. hit the back of the turf, it was concussed and it didn't do that. But man, when Mahomes got up, it was like, whoa, like, he so like, at first I thought he maybe hurt his knee cause he was so noodle need, but he was just out. He was woozy. Woozy. Um, I would anticipate if we're, if we're making a prediction now that Patrick Mahomes is fine to go for the game against the Bills next Sunday at 6.40 p.m. Eastern on CBS. 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 Uh, as for the game itself, I mean, okay. I, we have this debate a lot of times with, the, with my friends. Would you rather like have this opportunity? Like where you think you're going to win and yes. a huge game, or would you rather just get blown out? No, here's the thing. They didn't run the ball a lot in the first half. The Browns didn't. It doesn't matter because if Rashard Higgins doesn't fumble the ball through the end zone, it's 16 to 10 with 147 to go. And maybe they come back down that the Chiefs do and get a field goal or whatever, but it's 16 to 10 and you could, you get the ball to start the second half and you can sort of lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt then if you want to. They just got so unlucky with that Higgins thing and I know Stefanski said that we teach not to do that. I understand why Higgins. You're out there to you're a wide receiver trying to score. Um, I know Breach is going to start uh, complaining. 
complaining. No, he only fumbled because he got hit in the helmet. He got uh, jacked in the fan. The Chiefs tweeted out, Dirty Dan causes another turnover. He, he, yeah, he doesn't fumble if he doesn't take a helmet to helmet shot. He right, got right. a Baker Mayfield. He got the Patrick Mahomes special where Mahomes had to leave the concussion. I'm sure surprised Rashard Higgins didn't have a concussion because Here's he got a helmet to helmet shot. How, how, does Sorensen, how does Dan Sorensen make a tackle on that play? Just, ask, just answer me that. If you watch the play in question, it's not. Let me finish. Dan Soren, I never get to finish on this podcast. Dan Sorensen never hits the ball. He he goes helmet to helmet and Higgins, I mean like I, I mean this is you know we're gonna tweet about it because it's too deep to like discuss it, but like there's definitely a cognitive and neurological connection between your hands and your brain. Okay. He gets blasted in the head and immediately just loses control of the ball. I'll ask again. How was Dan Swordson supposed to tackle? Uh, with your face mask your looking face ahead or, or just don't aim at their helmet. If you're going to go head first and you want to avoid a penalty, he avoided it no matter what. That is, don't aim look, at their head. I look, mean, he aimed he, at his head. He won the game for him probably, but that is the quintessential targeting hit. Here's, it's not targeting number one. Number two, there's no it's other way. Absolutely targeting. There's no other way to make a tackle in that situation. What are you talking about? He launched with his head and had his head down and went after the There's a man with a ball holding the ball out there. Go get the ball, dude. What are you talking? His options were the helmet. to tackle him the way he did or just let him score. That Those were the options. So if those are the options and you're Dan Sorensen, you make the tackle and leave it up to the officials to make the call. They didn't make the call. So that's not on him. Okay. What? They should, well, they should have called it. I mean, I blame the officials more than Sorison. Okay. Well, that's where we get to start the conversation. The, the dude's out there making a tackle. He makes a play. He wasn't trying to hurt anyone. Rashard Hickens, if he doesn't. That is a, everything about that. Look, it's like the Skolsky tackle in the Clemson Ohio State game. I, I heard the same thing you did. I'm not disputing that. My point is that Sorison had no other option other than to not tackle him right, given where he was and where Rashard Higgins was. Well, the refs threw a flag in the Tampa Bay New Orleans game that Potentially change the outcome of the game. It didn't. What? We're not talking. What are you talking? We're not talking about that. There's no consistency. That's the problem. He's saying that that same play was flagged in. Okay, it's not reviewable. Can't help you. I can't. The Browns get 15 yards. So the so they would. Well, a tweet from LeBron James during the Buccaneers Saints game. Quote: They didn't call that in our game, though. Stick to basketball, LeBron. Next question. Oh boy. I, I hope you're defending Dan Sorensen here. Weird spot. Here's what, here's what's weird is that you guys, Kevin Stefanski, we teach our players don't do that. Richard, Richard Higgins does it and you guys look, ah, it's not his fault that he got knocked into oblivion playing football and tackle football game. He shouldn't have reached out. He shouldn't have reached the ball. And I actually, I'm happy with him doing it. I don't have any issue with that. He's trying to score. I get that. But I I don't, Dan Sorensen's just trying to make a play. Didn't throw a flag and I'm waiting for Breach, who is somehow suddenly more liberal than I am to whinge about that ball going out of the back of the end zone. Like that's his thing. So, that's what I'm angry about. Just wait. Oh, oh my God. You spent too much time with Jonathan Jones, haven't you? You're like, you know what's great? The fumble out of the back of the end zone. It's a great rule. If you don't like it, you don't like America. Whee! What I'm fine with the fumble out of the end zone. Rule. So there, there is, if, if Sorensen doesn't hit, hit him head to head, it's okay. a touchdown. There's no fumble. There's no controversy. No, that's not true. He stuck the ball out, which he was not supposed to do. Right. His team scored a touchdown. He scores. A t- he doesn't fumble. The, the helmet to helmet getting concussed by another helmet is what caused the fumble. Watch, Breach, watch hey, the play, Breach, Ryan. I put it in Slack. Breach. As soon as his helmet hits Higgins' helmet, that's when he fumbles. At that hey, instant, take one second and read what League Average says, and then fire up the dunk machine. Thank you, League Average. 
That is um, as uh, thank Sam you. Sam points Sam out, Wilson is in fine form tonight. But also, he's channeling his Prisco, which is not necessarily a compliment. I just don't know what. Look, Daniel Sorensen had a play to make. Here's what's happening. So if Daniel Sorensen just stands there and lets Rashard Higgins run in because he's fearful about hitting him head to head, what are you two numbnuts talking about I'm now? Not blaming Dan Sorensen. I'm blaming the referees. The same. I mean, Dan Sorensen. Look, Ryan. So are you saying uh, CBS and uh, officiating expert? Gene territory is wrong about you have nothing that I've said. I said that Daniel Sorensen did exactly what he had to do. It is up to the officials to make the play call. So it should have been a flag, yes or no? Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. It's like talking to my nine-year-old. We should have started there. We went way yeah. around in like four Brent, different. That's a rabble route. He's like, but I mean, it was a key play in the game, and, and, and like we course. said, if they get here, to, you know, if Higgins scores there, it's sixteen to ten, like we said, and so. It is. If, if Browns fans want to blame someone, you blame the officiating for not throwing the flag. Um, I don't think Rashard Higgins does when, he's, when he knows he's wrong. He creates a, a maw of conf, like just insane. Projecting. What? You're projecting. No, when you're wrong, you create a maw of logic. And you're like, like I said, I'm talking to my fourth graders here. What's happening? What did the, what did the commenters just say? Who'd they agree with? Wilson talking to walls. For all we know, that's your burner account. True. It does say Wilson. Does say Wilson 1974. That's the year you were born. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Nice. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, anyway, just call me, do you cuss again? No, I said no, it wasn't. Nice try though. Okay. Anyway, you are turning into Prisco. What's happening here? Before I'm hanging out up here with these old timers. Okay. Look, that was a huge play. It sucked for the Browns. At the end of the day, I would say, I would say this. The ref screwed up by not flagging it. The rule yeah. is stupid that if you fumble out of the back of the end zone, that's fine. You can disagree with that all you want. It's not stupid. Dan, oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought what? Breach disagreed. What's your rule? What's your feeling about the rule breach? I, I think it's, I don't think it's a stupid rule. It's a fine rule. Oh, I'm fine with it. I don't care. I hate the rule. It's dumb, but I mean, I I, but I don't have a good alternative to be honest. That's the other thing. No, I'm sorry, breach. I didn't mean to, to, Castigate you. I thought you were on, on team. Well, I think most people are the, uh, the proposal I hear on Twitter and I got like people just tweeting me all day. Cause I tweeted like the rules fine. It was the refs that missed not throwing a flag. If Browns fans want to be mad at someone, be mad at the refs and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? The rules fine. This rule sucks. Cause there's definitely, uh, people who think this is the worst rule in the NFL Twitter. You know, that segment of Twitter, they showed up after this happened. And everybody's proposal is like rewarding the offense for fumbling out of the end zone. Like, why should the offense be rewarded? There's you fumble out of the end zone, and oh, well, if you fumble in bounds, then you get at that yard line. Hockham should change in the end zone. Well, that's because the, the end zone is like sacred land. In the NFL. If you go out of bounds, you get zero points. If you go in the end zone, you get six points. If you get tackled in the end zone when you're at your own one yard line, you get a safety. You and you have to punt the ball to the other team. So there are punishments for being in the end zone. That's just how the NFL created the rules. And I think there's a dynamic that if you change this rule, you have to change the rule on the other side of the field. You I can't like, just like pick and choose which ones you like. We had this conversation. I feel like I was against breach. For some, now I'm I'm not. I apologize for that. Thanks, forth. Wilson. I, I think the rule's dumb. But, I mean, that it just goes back to, like, you know, the McCordy brothers tweet, tweeted out, if Bill Belichick sees that, he always yells, don't, don't stick the ball out. Well, yeah. I mean – 
Stefanski said the same. Now, I, I do agree with that notion. And this is what Bill Belichick's the best at, is playing within the rules and figuring out ways to minimize damage or maximize your efficiency based on the rules. So if you know that the rule is if you fumble into the end zone or out of the back of the end zone or out of the side of the end zone, is that you lose possession of the football and the six points, then you should teach every – if you are the only team in football teaching everybody on your team not to reach out for it <laughs> – then you are at a huge advantage because you're probably going to get like multiple turnovers over the course of a season because everyone else is diving for it. It it sucks because I do I, in this specific case, I think if Higgins doesn't get hit in the head with helmet to helmet, I think he 100% gets the gets the ball over the goal line. Like it is, it was when they did the replay, it was like oh, oh man, they might. We almost got a just the tip situation with Tony Romo. And if he, I think even if he gets like a helmet to the sternum, I still think he holds on to it. I think he drops it because he got rocked in the head and it, and it flipped it for the Browns. And look, the reality is the officials are utilizing this rule to make a change of possession. If you're going to do that, you need to be able to enforce the other rule that came into play, which is the helmet to helmet hit. And it's not like it was. You know, a subjective discussion. It was clear and obvious, but they couldn't make a change because it's not reviewable. That's a problem in the NFL rulebook. And I would agree with that. The one thing I'll say to that, Brenton, is that like I understand why the NFL doesn't want to review helmet to helmet because then you could potentially look at a situation where you're stopping the clock or you're stopping uh, 20 times a half to review hits that might be helmet to helmet or targeting. But in a situation where a turnover is involved, I think that's where you could write in the rulebook and say, all right, just like all turnovers are reviewable, you should be able to re- review any aspect of the turnover, including uh, a targeting or helmet to helmet. All right. So anyway, didn't count, obviously. That, ma- making matters worse, Mahomes comes down and gets the field goals 19 to three at the half instead of 16 to 10 or maybe 19 to 10. And then I don't remember how the half started for the Browns. I don't think they scored. It was 19 to three after they got the field goal. And that was right. that time. But I mean, the first, the first series of the second half, I'm not sure what the Browns did. But of course, oh, so Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, but they missed the field goal. So right, they throws the the pick. It's like, well, this is over. That's right. They get the field goal on that series. They missed the field goal. It's like, oh, this is over. They're gonna get a touchdown. This is back. Buckner, he hasn't been great, Breach. Uh, well, I'll I'll just say real quick, the Mahomes that was I think the Chiefs only three and out of the game was on that. Uh. After the interception, the Baker interception. And like Princeton said, you're thinking, oh, the Chiefs are going to score a touchdown here. It's game over. It's going to be 26 to three. Then boom, uh, the Chiefs don't do anything. Now they have to settle for a field goal, 33 yards. And here is the numbers I have on Harrison Butker. It's the craziest thing in the entire world, maybe in kicking history. Harrison Butker is. I his name is Bucker. I always call him Buckner. It's just, but it's. Butker. He is 48 of 56 on kicks of exactly 33 yards because that's how long extra points are. So 48 of 56, eight misses, that's 86%. 27 of 29, 93.1% on all other kicks. So like it's like being around the extra point range is like messing with them. And so if you're Kansas City, that's worrisome because – you know, extra points, you don't want your kicker missing those, and he can't Here's even hit a 3 yard field goal now. 
You snap it an extra yard back, you kick a 34-yarder. Maybe that is the solution, Wilson. By the way, you bring up something, Breach, on that injury that I forgot about till just now. Will you please quit running past my home so much? They were doing it earlier in the game. I, I didn't like it for the reasons that it eventually be, ended up being the problem of that third and one. I think it was a third and one run. That's when he got hurt. And he didn't get it. It's a little RPO, I think, to the side. I would run him a lot less. Like he, he awkwardly got hurt last year on that QB sneak when his knee was dislocated or whatever. That, that I'm happened. Rick Andy Reid for that. There was no reason to be running him there on the goal line. And he had the toe injury. injury. He had a toe injury. Like, oh, that's right. That's what the, the injury where he, where he got hurt and he got the million dollar dream put on him. He shouldn't have been running there because he was already dealing with the toe injury. You don't need your quarterback running any sort of option. Before he ran that play, he had a long scramble to pick up a first down and he looked like he was like power walking. He was like, eh. No, he didn't know how to slide because his foot was hurting. So yeah, that happened. Then Chad Henney came in and I will say this. I don't know if you guys listened to the post game press conference with Andy Reid, but the next to last possession of the game for the Chiefs was that god awful arm punt interception into the end zone from Chad Henney. And I said that Andy Reid must have zero confidence going back out there with Chad Henney. Andy Reid said after the game that it was his fault. I don't know what the exact play call was, but he, he must have said throw it to the other team and let's see what happens. Um, but he he took all the blame whether he's telling the truth or not. But I think that probably had something to do with the fact that he had a ton of confidence in Chad Henney on that last play. So, so the end of game situation, and this is what kills you. If you're wait, wait, wait. Well, time out. Let's rewind real quick because after that missed field goal, the Browns got a touchdown, and there was why didn't Stefanski go for two? That was the big time. Oh yeah, it was nineteen to nine. Two points cuts it to nineteen eleven, and you, you're playing Mahomes. You want to be down one score. You don't know how many times you're going to score a touchdown, and they didn't do that. So they kicked that extra point. They're down nineteen ten. There is. If you're in the second half of a game of a playing against a team that's probably going to outscore you, you want to keep piling on points. And especially if you can cut a two score game down to a one score game, that just seems like an obvious thing to do. And so they don't. It's 19 to 10. The Chiefs kick a field on their next possession. It's 22 to 10. The Browns get another touchdown. It's 22 to 17. If they had gone for two the first time, yep. they could have maybe cut it to 22 to 19. And all of a sudden, they're playing for a field goal at the end of the game instead of a touchdown. And that, that changes everything, especially with Chad Henney as the Chiefs quarterback. So, uh, that was, well, that, that's a good segue to talk about what happened in the, the game because Kevin Stefanski, look, he, had, he should be, I don't care. Are you talking about the punt? Yes. That he went for it previously on fourth down and they got it fourth and one, maybe fourth and short, maybe one and a half. There were a couple of fourth downs and got them all. I, before you talk about that fourth down play, I'll just follow up what Breach says. It's more infuriating with Kevin Stefanski, who is smart and knows what he's doing when he does things like don't kick the two point conversion when you're supposed to than Mike McCarthy, who you know has no idea what he's doing. Later. I didn't think the two point conversion was a huge deal. It's a, it is right. They lost by five. I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, I agree. What, what are we I'm saying is that it could have been 22 to 19. Right. When the Browns were driving at the end, and that changes when you only need a field goal instead of a touchdown, that changes your whole like psychological. Hey, we only need thirty yards. We don't have to drive seventy-five yards. We only. I mean, granted, Cody. How are you going twenty-two to nineteen? Because twenty-two seventeen, they didn't go for two. They it would have been. We got one more point. It would have been twenty-two eighteen. It would have been nineteen to eleven if they got the first two-point conversion where they should have gone for it. Yes. So it was nineteen to three. They scored a touchdown. They should have gone for two to cut it to 19 to 11. And if they get that, they score another touchdown. That gives them 19. So that makes it 22-19. If they do another touchdown and another two-point conversion. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's sort Well, of... that's the point. I mean, that's, that's why it's more frustrating but, with him. What do you mean? You're about to yell on about a fourth and eight that he did, that you can argue that. Nine, but you're asking, you're asking like for 
I mean, converting two to one conversions isn't easy. That's right, but the first one should have been obvious because it cuts a two-score game to one score. I think your, your your offense, head, that's your first head touchdown. Head. You haven't scored anything all day. You need to be in a one-score game, not a two-score game. And the thing is, the difference between 19, 19 to 9 and 19 to 10 is minimal, but a difference between 19 to 10 and 19 to 11 is gigantic. So you, if you're fancy, you have to, in the third quarter, I didn't think it was that big a deal. But yeah. you've only scored one touchdown the entire game. You right. have no idea how many times you're going to score. You might only get one more score. But the whole, but the whole you, point you, sound like Mike, you sound like Mike Tomlin, by the way. In the whole, in the whole point of the analytics, like ultimately he was like, he, the way it played out, he was correct. Like he no. took, no, it wasn't. It, it could have been down to two. It was that's down what I'm to two. Right. Right. The way it played out, the Chiefs got a field goal added on. Would you yeah, rather be down five or down two? Touchdowns. Would you rather be down five or down two? That's the question. What? Brenton, so if you're down 22, so the Chiefs get the field goal, would you rather be down by, would you rather be down by 12 points or 11 points? I mean, you would always rather be down by less, first of all. Well, no, okay. Well, I mean, but 11 and 10 is not a huge difference. 12 and 11 right. is because at 12, you need two touchdowns. 12 and, at 11, you yeah, just need a touchdown. Be down 11 and 12, sure. It's a huge difference, and that's where ten minutes left in the third quarter. You're trying to project a little too much, I think. I would check that. I don't know at the top of my head. I would imagine the analytics say go for two there. It, it, the analytics it, say go for two, and Kevin Stefanski didn't. That's really surprising. That's why my whole point. That's why I said it's more frustrating that he didn't do it. We just go for one. The problem is not that they didn't go for two. They were down five points in the fourth quarter. That is the problem. They didn't go for two, and they could have been down three. Right. If you get both two point conversions, you're asking. You're, it's like, a fifty fifty opportunity. We do you, to get in from one yard. You're getting both of them automatically. Like, do you know how math works? You know, okay. you know, if so you don't at worst case scenario, they miss them both, and it's twenty two to fifteen. You're down seven. Like you're still That's within a touchdown. When winning and losing a regulation, that is a big freaking difference. That's the whole or, reason you okay, go. That's fine, Brinson. And they missed the first one. The they missed the first one, and they kick an extra point on the second one, and it's twenty-two sixteen, and you win with a touchdown. Yeah. Like it, the math still works can, to getting you where you were. You go for two on the first touchdown. Just I don't, take, I don't remember seeing y'all like fired up about this in the moment at all. I was okay. I was. Yeah. I wasn't even here. <laughs> we didn't have a, a third quarter chat going. I mean, I'll, I'll look and see. I'm sort of surprised you're Mike Tomlin pushing back on this. You're like posting pictures of like white Mike Vick <laughs> in the third quarter. I don't know. I don't understand. It was the fourth quarter. It was at 640. It's like in the middle, like right. Anyway. No, Chad Henney was running 17.9 miles an hour. That was the Mike Vick thing. Anyway, the way that the fourth quarter played out. I, I find if you want to argue that Stefanski should have gone, I, I didn't think that they needed to go. I think that there's so much time left in the game that by forcing the two-point conversion, to me, you are putting yourself in a position where you're chasing points if you don't get it. What's the disadvantage of missing, though? You're down 19-9? to nine? Instead of 19-10. to 10. Right. Right. And so what's the difference? Well, if you're down 19 – or if you're down 19-9, to nine, right – and what happens if the Chiefs kick two field goals? What's the score? If they kick two field goals, you're talking about two more possessions. That's two more rounds. They two more field goals. And the Browns don't score anything? The Browns don't score anything. Which That's 25 to 10. No. And, and 25 and to 9 is still a two-score game. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been a dunk fest. This, Breach has been dunking on people left and right all day today, and he's in it with a right. – 19 goal. to 10. So it's 19 to 9 if you miss. And if you kick two field goals, it's 25 to nine. It's still a two score game. 
There's some math I'm missing here. Whatever. I don't care. Anyway, I want to talk about the fourth quarter. This is the dumbest. Argument. Let's get to the fourth down. The problem isn't the fourth down. The problem is the things leading up to the fourth down. All right. Well, Fansky got the ball and decided to be like, it felt like he was like, we're going to have one shot and we're going to go for it now. We're going to be really conservative and run the ball. And then he used a timeout and then he punted on fourth and nine. All those things. And, and look, maybe this, maybe it goes back to the two point conversion and that he just didn't know what he was doing in the game. He's a great play caller. He's a great pre gamer. You know, he's a great coach. But in terms of the management of the clock and the management of the timeouts, that was a disaster down the stretch. You cannot challenge that Tyreek Hill catch. That was awful. Awful. And they burned it. It did look like he might have dropped it, but he clearly pinned it against his leg. And they, I feel like it's probably a decent chance it was a frustration challenge too, because he had missed a, a challenge he would have won earlier in the game. In the first half, you're exactly right. I made a note of that challenge that he, whoever's job it was to buzz him down, didn't tell him to throw the flag. And it was not a catch. Maybe it, it may have been Demarcus Robinson. I can't remember who didn't catch it, but, um, to the Andy Reid's credit, they got up and snapped it and moved on. And I think you're right. And uh, Kevin Stefanski's like, yeah, let's see what happens this time. Yeah. All that was bad. And then it's fourth and nine. And there's like, I think there was. I'll tell you because it was four and change. I think it was four and change, something like that. So the Chiefs got it with four, yeah, four oh nine. No, uh, yeah, four oh nine on the clock. You have one timeout. You have the two minute warning. It's okay to punt there. If you, did you mention the timeout they burned on that previous possession that also that they could have used. Well, so the previous possession was the challenge. Then that possession, the, the punt possession, Baker had to call a timeout too. I think. He called a timeout as the play clock was winding down. That was an absolutely disastrous timeout. They could have used that timeout. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so they punt with 409 left. I mean, I get if you're going to – the whole thing was set up poorly. It wasn't – it it was like – If you don't punt, the game's over. Like, you have have to punt. I understand that. Well, so a couple of things here. One, if you're going – if you think you're going to – if you think you're going to punt, don't use the timeout. Well, like take the five yards if you think you're going to punt. Timeout. You can't use the timeout. Conversely, if you are down to one timeout and you're trailing by five points and you figure if you punt, the worst case scenario that can unfold is that they kick a field goal and you're down eight. Go for it. Because the worst case scenario is that they just do what they did around the clock. Well, I'm saying like, like worst case scenario outside of loot. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say, I will say in Kevin Smith, like the, everything you just said is exactly right. And it was idiotic, but they had to get five yards on, on third and 10 or whatever it was, third and 11. I think it was third and 11. I said, you got to get five yards to go for it. And they got three. I didn't mind. Not a great, not a great pass from Baker. What's that? Not a great pass from Baker. Kareem Hunt, uh, Bob. Hey, okay. The play call was fine. The pass wasn't perfect. I thought Baker actually played pretty well. I'll give him credit for that, but I, it, second downs were awful. The, the Chiefs made a great tackle and they, they were just, they didn't work out on that play. But yeah, the things leading up to it clearly are the reasons. Here on fourth and nine is the reason I would have gone for it. And oh, interesting. So fourth and one, they go for it, right? You, you, you are conceding as, the, as Kevin Stefanski that, Hey, if they stop us, we have to play defense right now and hold them to a field goal or hold them to nothing. So you've already had that thought in your head. Right. The t- if, if, when I say worst case, what I, obviously the worst case is they score a touchdown and run out the clock. I'm saying the worst case on the spectrum of 
how do we win this game? Like the worst case scenario you can deal with to win the game is is give up a field goal. Right. right. And, and, and Stefanski obviously said, we can punt because we can stop Chad Henney. I don't think he would have punted if it was Patrick Mahomes. I think he put a little more thought into it and said, all right, we're going to punt here. Chad Henney, we can stop him. But fourth and nine, you're at your own 32. I go for it because your defense has to make a stop no matter what, whether that's after you punt or whether that's at the 32 yard line. So the defense already knows that. And if you go for it on fourth and nine and you don't get it, uh, you're in a spot where the Chiefs can only get two first downs because if they get to the 22 to the 12, and so they can run mathematically, they can only run so much time off the clock. So you they're, can't they're, they're the plus, and, and I agree, Breach, We talked about this a little bit on the pregame stuff, but like mentally, if you've done this for a long time and you've if you coach against Andy Reid, you have to realize his psychology is okay. Look, if we get a field goal, we're up eight, and we just play some defense and don't let them score, don't let them get a two point conversion, we win this game. So you not that you want to give him the ball closer, but you don't want to give him the ball down at your down at his own twenty. That is begging him to melt the clock. And worst case, so the most, so if they can only get two first, so at most they're probably running six plays, which you can run off two hundred and forty seconds, but minus eighty seconds because you have the timeout and the two minute warning. So now that's down to one hundred and sixty seconds, and this was four nineteen left. So that means the Chiefs can only take the clock to like a minute, whatever. So you're going to have a minute left, but you have to only the field goal, obviously, like Prince was saying, because if they score a touchdown, game's over no matter what. So like just from uh the Chiefs can only run so much time off the clock because they only have so much room to work with from 32 yards away from the end zone, uh, it just seemed like it would have made more sense. I think the difference, and you said this, Breach, I think it was Chad Henney, not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, I'm willing to entertain that. I just feel like they probably – Especially after he had just thrown that arm punt into the end zone. <laughs> that so was the worst throw. That may have affected Stefanski's decision. I mean, that, the game, that game felt like it was over and then Henny just gave it right back to him. I, I don't know what the play call was that Andy, unless Andy Reese is taking the bullet for him. You have to, if you're the Browns, you just have to realize that you're the Browns and you're in the divisional round and Mahomes are not What's that? I thought Baker played well. Baker played awesome. Shout out Mike Tanier. Uh, he be thrashing me for saying Baker played well the last few weeks. I said Baker's good. No, the last two weeks he played well, and I, you know, I've been dogging him at points this season. He stepped up, made big time throws in the fourth quarter against the Steelers, made big time throws all day against the Chiefs. Um, but I, I will say this, and Andy Reid said this in the press conference. He said, "Yeah, we're going for it. That's we're not here. You know, that's like uh." You know, I used to play golf with all these old timers and you get to a par five and they hit the first shot close to the water or, you know, just like they're like 200 yards from the water. Cause I didn't drive all this way to lay up. I'm going for it, baby. Whatever happens, happens. Get right. to three and two and a par five. And that's Everybody what they up. Well, and look, Andy Reid's play. The other thing too is, and this is the difference is like Kevin Stefanski, first time, first year head coach. That's a tough spot. You know, it's his second playoff game. His first playoff game, he got up 28 nothing on the Steelers. Well, no, he didn't. Prefer did. <laughs> right, 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 right. He went in there, but I'm saying like, but like nobody was coaching. They're just like, like yeah. stuff's just happening. They're getting up. Yeah. So this is his first playoff game on the sidelines. You have to have concerns about that. You are calling plays. There's a lot on your plate. Um, but I think you need to realize that when you get that ball with five minutes or whatever, whatever is on the clock, that you've got to start getting the ball, get the ball, get the ball past midfield. Make yeah, it were, it were. Baker's playing. You got your quarterbacks playing well. 
you need to you clock is your friend. You have two you have one timeout or two timeouts left? Two timeouts before they used it on that after the fourth down. Get the ball to midfield. Let Baker make some throws. Move the ball and apply some pressure to the Chiefs. Because if you score, you're asking Chad Henney, you know, you're down five. Yeah, presumably you'll go for two after you score. Did you think that Chad Henney should have, uh, not Chad Henney, he could have, I guess, that the Packers, should, uh, the Chiefs should have punted? On the fourth down? Yeah. No, hell no. Well, when they line up in shotgun on fourth down, I the, said. The beauty was that he snapped it, that Andy Reid had him snap it before one second. That was. I said, first of all, I said, okay, you're trying to QB sneak if you're going to go for it. That's fine. My first thing was, okay, you can punt it if you, if you don't have faith in Chad Henney after the interception. Although, as you know, you sort of alluded to, he hit 17.98 miles an hour on that 13 yard run on third down. Faster than any Browns player that was chasing. That's such oh. a dagger for the Browns. So you're not under center. So it's like, okay, you have to call a timeout if they don't jump off sides and punt it. You can't be shotgun and, and not go for it. And he just big old elephant balls. Andy Reed calls that play with Tyree kill, which in the end looked like a pretty simple play. It was and, too easy. And that, that's the thing is like, it didn't need to be so often. These coaches overcomplicated. It's like, all right, let's, Call timeout. You know, run it down to one second. Call timeout. Line up in jumbo. Pound the ball up the middle. And it's just like, if you get, if you know, you're, you're basically banking on who gets a break in terms of the block and who wins at the physicality line of scrimmage. Andy Reid did the smart thing. Like snap the ball quick when they're not defense and ready. Get the ball to your hands. Get it in Patrick Mahomes or get it in, uh, excuse me, Tyreek Hill's hands. And it's an easy first down and it was the game is over. But you still have, like, I agree with Wilson. In my head at the time, I'm like, they're either, they have to QB sneak this or they punt. Like, it's still Chad Henney. You know, if it's Patrick Mahomes, you are going for this, no doubt. This is no one second guessing you. But at the time, we're all thinking he's either going to QB sneak, but then Henney's in shotgun. So now it's like QB sneaks out. They're going to take this down to one second. They're going to call a timeout, go to the sideline and try and figure this out. That's That's the beauty of it. And that's Everyone clearly what the Browns thought. It wasn't just, yeah, it wasn't just us. The Browns thought that. And, the, and then the snap it with two Browns seconds. Been been playing like, I was sitting there, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get done with it. We'll, we'll see what you do after the timeout. And then all of a sudden he snaps it. You're like, ha, ah, ah, ha. And it's just, it's just out of his hands before that. Like that's the beauty of it. I cannot believe he was a shotgun. Like that, I was, that was one of the most shocking things I've seen all weekend after that interception he threw the, the series before. But like from a game theory in, I mean, like, what's the, what is the percentage, the completion, the average completion percentage of that throw? To Tyreek Hill. With Patrick Mahomes, to Tyreek Hill is probably 95%. Even, no, no, no. Dude, it's Chad Henney turning to his right and throwing it to Tyreek Hill at the line but, of scrimmage. Fair enough. Then why don't we see that every week? Cause coaches are scared. Tom, Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel punted on fourth and two and is at the Ravens 40. Mike By the Tomlin. Way, how- how ironic is it that the the two leading candidates for NFL coach hunger games were the biggest uh pansies on that? And Andy Reid, Mr. Kool-Aid, is like, I'm going for it. I think uh I cite Greg Rosenthal a lot. He's a smart football guy, but he's he's like the like the last like five years have just been validation of everything Andy Reid does. Something they're paraphrasing that. But it's true, like Andy Reid way ahead of the curve on passing the ball early on early downs in his career. People killed him for it in Philadelphia. Well, I think him winning the Super Bowl gets him more leeway. I'm sure Debo. No, but he was way ahead of the curve on college concepts too. People were. Well, like, I'm oh, sure Debo could tell stories about how Eagles fans had had enough of him passing the ball and refusing to run the ball and all that. We're not talking about the Eagles anymore. Okay. We're talking about the Eagles in the off season when they're relevant again. The Eagles. 
This the play worked, and I just went back and watched it because so wide open. It he was so wide open because MJ MJ Stewart saw the snap. He's the Browns cornerback and assumed it was a run. He he was the guy who was on Tyreek. He looked in like they have to be running. There's no way they're throwing the ball. And in that instant, Tyreek Hill so fast he was already had a yard of separation. Uh, before the pass had even be thrown, and then boom! I mean, it was. And Tyreek actually caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah. And then he fell forward, but, but again, like, but like a yard behind the like. Where no one was near. The, no, the only drama was you can't drop it. If yeah, right. You just had. I mean, look, if Tyreek Hill drops it, you typically be like, "Right, Browns, good job. Go get fifty. You know, go get fifty yards and win the game." No, we're yelling about why didn't they just sort of sneak up the middle? That's what. Or we're why didn't they just punt it? Yeah. The move is what Andy Reid did. It's a genius. If he yeah, how many, how many coaches call a pass on fourth and four inches with their backup quarterback in the game with a minute and 20 or whatever left? Like, yeah, yeah. Ryan, you got the number. Wait, how right. many times do you catch that ball, Breach? Me? How many times do I catch it? Yeah. Or how many times do I throw it? I mean, it's a five-yard <laughs> pass. Okay, well, to Breach's point, does Mr. Trubisky come in and make that throw to Allen Robinson on fourth and in a critical situation? Andy Reid is his coach, yes. Jim Nagy's off the train. All you do is you, you catch, you snap the ball, turn, and throw. No, we saw the play, but to breach his no, point, no one else is doing it. Exactly. No one's calling that play. No one's going for it on fourth and inches in their own territory in a five point game with a minute 17 left. But that's, that's my point. It's not a execution thing. That, that pass is a 90% uh, or higher. In terms of completion rate, I it's a, right. we're, no, we're agreeing with you. It's not an execution thing. No one's running it. That's the so right. it doesn't matter what the the conversion numbers are because no other coach has the elephant onions that Ryan was talking about to call <laughs> to go for it on fourth and inches from their own forty eight yard line, knowing if they fail, the Browns have to go forty eight yards to win the game. And they snapped it. It's beautiful. They snapped it with four seconds left on the clock. Roll them out a little bit. It, it, it's tough. It's it's look. It's it's. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a freebie, but golly. I mean, and just watch MJ Stewart, the corner on Tyreek Hill. He looks in expecting the run. Like they have to be running and Tyreek's already on his route. And I don't think up. he's actually expecting the run. I'm, I'm watching it right now. I think it's, let's see. MJ Stewart, Tyreek jukes him inside, I think. And MJ, MJ Stewart's trying to get his hands on Tyreek and can't. They're, th- this whole defense is surprised they're snapping it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. definitely. Because I probably thought they were going to call timeout. Miles Garrett is off the. Oh man, Tyreek just cooks him. That is a. That you know what that play is. That play is one of. So I would guess Andy Reid has this vault, of like I don't know, sixty to a hundred, sixty seventy five, a hundred plays for two point conversions. It's like gotta have them, and that's one of them. Where you line up Kelsey, you line up three, you like three wide on the, on the, on the right side. And you have the guys clear out and then Tyreek cuts inside. And it's just, if you roll your quarterback out of the soft roll and just dump it off, it's a free, it's a free two points. Is the, the Bills game open to three and a half? Is that right? Yeah. And we're all, we're all assuming that Patrick Mahomes plays. Mahomes is playing. I'm going. I think I'm going to go on the Bills. I think I'm going to go the Bills bandwagon. I'm going to stay on it, baby. I love Josh Allen. It's hard to bet against the Bills. Hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes too. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, how, I would like to know how gimpy Patrick Mahomes is. I don't think it's going to be the choke out. I think it's going to be the turf toe. I think that's probably maybe there's something to to look out for for Patrick Mahomes. He'll be fine, but I will say this: if it's a battle of backup quarterbacks, I'll take Chad Henney over Matt Barkley. But hopefully, we won't get to that. Yeah, I mean, if Chad Henney starts. If you want, if you like the Bills at all, take the Bills now at plus three because oh, you just wait till Patrick Mahomes is announced and it'll go up. Eh, we'll go up that much. Why not? I mean, how high? You like the Bills right now? Yeah, but I, I don't know if a lot of people. Are, I mean, I'm doing. How it. high do you think the Bills are going to get? Five and a half. Maybe. I don't think the Bills are going to higher than five. I'd wait. I, I, I think people really like the Bills. They're going to go the other way though. Well, and we were talking about uh, during the pre-chat that it's going to be cold and wet in Kansas City, the worst weather possible. You're talking like 38, 39, not cold enough to snow. So it's going to be like sleet rain. Hey, with- guess where Josh Allen plays and guess where he played in college? Uh, uh, Southern California? Wyoming. He was born in the dark. I was going to do a Bane, but I decided not to. Sorry. Wyoming. I, Wilson, I think I'm on your – I'm agreeing with you. I, I kind of like the Bills here, not just to cover, maybe to pull off the upset. Good. And if they do, we're calling blank and yelling out about Sean McDermott. Oh my God. Has anybody ever been, is that the worst, like anybody's ever been wrong on this podcast? It's like thinking Sean McDermott's not a good coach. Definitely top five. There's something else he said that he didn't like that blew up in his face too. Oh, he said Aaron Rodgers was wrong. Oh, that's what it was. That's Aaron Rodgers wasn't a top 10 quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) The two Super Bowl teams perhaps are the two teams he was dumping on. Uh, uh, angriest is pointing out in the chat, and I agree with this. If, if for some reason it's really nasty weather, I, I, I haven't said this for two weeks, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick against the Bills. I'm not trying to crap on the Bills. The Bills are a great team. Josh Allen is, tr- has been trying to turn the ball over. Yeah, fair Two weeks in a big, yeah, I can't argue with that. If he, He's if been he, trying, but the teams they played have. Although, did Philip Rivers have an interception? Yep, Philip Rivers played perfect. Lamar Jackson Lamar had a horrible turnover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. That's it. We've been doing this three. We've been sitting here. You gotta do winners three. and losers. Sorry, buddy. What's that? You gotta do winners and losers first. Oh, boy, Faye. All right. Winners and losers. Who wants to go first? Reach, go ahead. I got to think about it. Uh, for winners, I will take Andy Reid. Andy Reid off the bye. I know. Andy Reid. Off the you can't lose Andy Reid. It doesn't matter. He, he had a bye week to think about what happened off the bye. If he loses Patrick Mahomes for the entire second half, he had a bye week. Oh, to oh, oh, oh. What'd you say? I say he didn't cover off the bye. He oh. won. He won though. The whole point is Andy Reid covers off the bye. No, the whole point he, is he never bye. loses off the bye. Five and five, I think. Is that what the number is? You ruined my winner. Uh, anyway, he had a backup quarterback, fourth and inches. We just rehashed it. He got it. He had the elephant onions that Ryan was talking about. Good on Andy Reid for having faith in his offensive system, knowing that anyone could run it. Even Chad Henney, who had never thrown a playoff pass in his 12-year career. And Chad Henney, who we didn't bring up while talking about it, had a 13-yard run on third and 14. When the, the past five years combined, he had one total rushing yard. One. That's what, that was my whole like thesis of the thing. Maybe I forgot to mention it, but like the Browns had, they punted and they had them pin it. Like 
It's third and 14. At that point, you're thinking, okay, they're going to run something. So the, the, the reason they was third and 14, cause he got sacked. Yes. On second and eight or whatever it was. And you're oh, like, well, why are you running the ball? But you're thinking, why are you passing the ball? Yeah. Why aren't you running the ball? Okay, so my winner, my winner has been switched to Andy Reid and Chad Henney. Okay. But you're thinking you're third and 14. It's like, okay, we're getting yeah. the ball back. It's just a matter of where and how much time is left. Right. And then yeah. Henny breaks contain and is ro- rolling out. You're like, Oh my God, Henny. Oh, like, no, no. And like, I, I, I mean, I don't even care if the Browns win, I guess, but I, I was invested as, as just a football watcher. I wanted the Browns to have a shot. I wanted them to get the ball back. And Henny's just wide open sprinting through the open field. Oh, brutal. well, so, uh, playing off that, my winner, Cleveland Browns fans. I know you lost against the Chiefs, but you, Spank the Steelers. You made it to the playoffs. You're no longer a laughing stock. You have a great head coach. You need to tidy up the, the in-game management at the between, in the halves. But Baker played well. Uh, you got to get a little better on defense, but you have Miles Garrett. You'll get Odell Beckham back. I mean, there are a lot of things. That offensive line is legit. You got one of the best running backs in the game. It goes on and on. So yeah, you lost this game, but you were pretty close to going to the AFC championship game for the first time. Since 1989, I think. I think it's the last time they went. That was the John Elway game. Fires. Yeah, I believe that was 89. Can't so the uh, what? Played the Broncos. It doesn't feel like 2017 with the Jaguars. Oh my gosh, Hugh Jackson must be like, see, this is all because of me. He drafted I, Baker. Hugh Jackson starting a I Save the Browns podcast. He, he started. Hey, he, he drafted Baker. But anyway, way to go, Browns fans. I think you will. uh Finish better than the Steelers next year in the division. Uh, all right. So you guys both with that game, I guess I'll go to, you know, Leonard Fournette could be a winner. Jameis Winston could be a winner. I will go with, uh, Tom Brady though. He's now in the AFC, like, dude, he left New England. The Buccaneers didn't win the division. They got swept by the Saints. They didn't beat a single good defense all year. And then he comes into New Orleans. His team makes a couple of picks on busted ass old Drew Brees and Brady is going back. He's going to the NFC championship game in his first year in the NFC after spending 20 years in the AFC where he went to nine Super Bowls and won six of them. And he is now one game away from being the only player, only quarterback in NFL history to start a Super Bowl in this home stadium. Normally you would say, all right, obviously the Packers are going to blow out the Buccaneers. Do you want to bet against Tom Brady? He didn't even play well. 60, 18 or 33 for 199 yards, two touchdowns. The defense stepped up, made plays. Leonard Fournette was there. Ronald Jones was running well. Brady had a rushing touchdown too. I mean, whatever. Like, do you want to bet against Tom Brady? Betting against Tom Brady has made a lot of people poor and I don't want to do it. So I'm not sure I can get behind it. Like Brady, Brady's probably going to win the damn Super Bowl in his home stadium. He just might do it in his first year in Tampa Bay. This is insane. Imagine how chapped Bill Belichick's ass is right now seeing Tom Brady make this deep playoff run. Breach losers. I have to go first. I can go first if you want. I'll just take the obvious one. If you went first in winners, you're supposed to go first. All right, I'll do it. Drew Brees. He's retiring, and I feel bad doing it. I don't want him to go out as a loser, but Drew Brees, you throw three Gotta be Drew Brees. You threw three interceptions in this must-win game that your team probably wins if you don't throw three interceptions. Uh, 
Two of the Buccaneers touchdowns came off of Drew Brees interceptions. You take those away. I know they had another other Final pass of his career might be a pick. Final pass of his career might be a pick. And the final game of his career, three interceptions. The old hat trick. So, uh, Drew the Brees. Old hat trick. You could have gone, with Jared, you could have gone with Jared Cook. Andy that- was at, Andy was at the Superdome, which is where, you know, he, you know, built his legacy. And he has to run out of there with no fans looking at him. And you know Drew Brees is like a... They don't want any fans looking at you after that performance. But there's no fans. And he's like pointing, he's like pointing to the sky. It's like his kids who like sadly walked out of the, the, uh, the, the luxury suite because of how bad their dad played. Oh, this is a disaster for Drew Brees all around. You could have gone with Jerry Cook. Jerry Cook had a big part in that loss. But yeah. That's what you get for signing Jerry Cook. I'm going to go with to sort of follow up on what Britson said a minute ago, the big losers today, the old New England Patriots. What? Because they ain't got no Tom Brady and Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer and Cam Newton apparently don't equal one Tom Brady. (laughs) I don't know. Like, for real, I don't know if the Patriots are a 10-win team with Tom Brady this year. I mean, they're not beating the, they're not beating the Bills, but they're not having a losing season, which they haven't had since I think Belichick's first year in New England. So the, the question that we had in August, who's going to benefit more? Tom Brady. <laughs> Belichick, at least this year, needed Tom Brady more than Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick. So uh, I'm sure the Patriots with all that cap room and the 15th overall pick will be fine. But I would imagine Patriots fans would have preferred to have Tom Brady out there as opposed to, you know, the quarterbacks they had to go with. Came in. Came so in. I'm trying to find a loser here. It's not easy. There's only two games, right? Um, I, I would like to point out that Jarvis Landry had – 10 targets, 7 catches, 20 yards, and 1 touchdown. Michael yeah. Thomas had 0 catches. Jar- Jar- like, like, I think what Jarvis Landry did is harder. Jarvis had 2 drops, 1 that should have been a pick 6. Yes. So, um, But my real loser, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Why? Darrell Williams was awesome. The bigger loser, I think, is Le'Veon Bell. Huh? Le'Veon Bell was healthy and didn't do doo-doo. Well, fine, Le'Veon Bell if you want. Yeah, I like that. Drafting a running back in the first round. Okay. Well, there you go. Edwards Hilaire is great. It's fine. It's awesome. Like he's like, I think he's a great player. I justified the draft pick, but Damian Williams comes in when they don't have a running back and dominates for them last year. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP as he told us on Twitch previously. Daryl Williams comes in in the, in the AFC divisional game and is awesome. He's catching balls. He's running through the tackles. Like you don't need to draft a first round play, a first round pick. Like you don't need to draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I don't know if Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the loser so much as like the Chiefs draft plan. But. Well, I think the sort of the, the Williams brothers are the, not the brothers, the Williamses are the winners because they're basically Mr. January slash February. They just show up when it's go time. Yeah. Or maybe the loser is, uh, Michael Thomas. I don't know. It's hard to find a loser after. Well, look, they signed Le'Veon Bell. No one thought that he was going to be the. Guy that we saw for Well, no one thinks the Browns are losers. They made it this far. They did a great job. Well, Kevin Spansky's play call in the end could be problematic. I mean, all right, yeah, we'll give Kevin. All right, that's fine. I'll go. The officials were blowing the Higgins thing. All right, fine. Thank you. Michael Thomas was complaining all year, and all of a sudden he sent that tweet a couple days ago that I just put in Slack, and you just don't know. He's I'll, give, I'll give it to Kevin Spansky. That's my real loser because, oh. well, I think he's all, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good going to do great work for the Browns, but as I, I forgot that because he was out of COVID last week. It's your first playoff game. 
and you lay a huge egg with the ball and maybe you defy analytics a little bit and all of a sudden you lose 22 to 17. You get 22 points out of the Chiefs in a divisional road game without Patrick Mahomes for a half. And you, you, yeah, you miss, yeah. I mean, like you, you're probably thinking about this one for a couple months, right? Yeah. Browns fans. And how's he going to be on, on his own coaching staff knowing that, uh, his special teams coach has more playoff wins than he does. I mean, you're like, you're like, Browns fans, like oh, things are great. Like we're building a great foundation. It's like you may have let one slip away here because the Browns could have beaten the Bills. Well, when you're in the Super Bowl, who the hell knows, you know? Oh, stop it. Nick Chubb couldn't run wild on Buffalo and Green Bay? Oh, he couldn't. Okay. Sure. All right, that's the podcast. Thanks to everybody for hanging out on Twitch and YouTube. Of course, the Browns overachieved. They did a great job. Uh, we kept Ryan Wilson up exactly as late as we hoped to. Breach gave me an over-under of 12.41 a.m. We have been going at this for three and a half hours, Brinson. My goodness. Yeah, you guys are back. My back is sore. How's your neck? School tomorrow. There's no school till February. Oh, God. Let's get out of here. See you guys. Thanks for watching. For John and Ryan, I will. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.